0: Hello, friends. I'm Vance Rains, Senior Pastor of First Church Coral Springs. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this is a source of inspiration and faith as you grow in your walk with Christ. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the message. I don't know if uh, you've had this uh, joy uh, or privilege yet. Um, My daughter and her roommate arrived last night uh, home from Guatemala. We picked her up at the uh, Fort Lauderdale airport. Her flight arrived at 4.45 uh, and an hour later, uh, she says, we're still sitting on the plane because uh, immigration is so packed they won't let us off. So uh, we waited from 4.45 till almost seven to, uh, to get her. Uh, so be glad she's home. Uh, but while we were there, um, I just, I observed, had lots of time to observe, uh, that, that people were being received in various ways. I mean, of course, some people just went to the parking garage to get their car. Lots of people, it seemed, were in long lines waiting to get on airport shuttles and uh, to, the, to, to go over to the rental car department. Uh, lots and lots of Uber and Lyft drivers And then there were people like Kelly and I who were there to pick up their loved one. And uh, there's a difference between the way you're received by a shuttle driver or an Uber driver and the way you're received by mom and dad, right? Uh, The Uber driver just, he's ready to get you so he can get on and get the next person. Uh, We park the car, we get out, we hug, right? We embrace, we're happy to see you, glad you're home. Uh, we, you know, besides just being tired of waiting at the airport, we're happy uh, to have her back with us, right? We received her. We uh, embraced her. That's a, a theme for the day. It's, it's this time of year, there's lots of, of giving and receiving, isn't there? I don't know what your house is like, but but every day we're receiving things: Christmas cards, letters, uh, invitations to to parties and events, packages, things we've ordered on Amazon, right? Other packages come as gifts, you know, that are kind of a surprise. Uh, people drop off food, you know, it's nice. There's lots of receiving this time of year, type of time of year. Um, but let's be honest for a moment: um, some things you receive. And some things you receive, some things you receive, you're like, wow, how cool, how great to see the picture of that child growing up, how, how wonderful to hear from them, how great we got invited to this or that party. Oh, you shouldn't have, what a great gift, how thoughtful, right? And then other invitations you're like, oh my gosh, one more thing to do over the holidays, right? Or, or uh, as you're opening the gift, you're t- like, how do I say thank you? You know, like, thank, thanks, right? And you're thinking, like, which closet can I hide this in? Uh, who can I re-gift this to? Is it possible I can return it without a receipt, right? you follow me? No, just me, right? Okay. So there's the receiving, like, that's the, the full embrace receive. Like, sometimes you ever did that? You get something, like, you just, like, you hold it to your heart, like, oh, gosh, I love it. And the Sundays you receive, like, oh, I love it. <laughs> it's great. Right? You know what I mean? Like, there's receiving. And there is receiving. Okay, so tonight we're, today we're going to talk a little bit about how we embrace, how we receive. Uh, the, the story for this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke. It is the story of Mary receiving the message of God's plan through the angel Gabriel. Now let's just give a little background. Mary, at this point, we believe is probably 12, 13, 14 years old. Very young because we know in that culture uh, that's about the time that young women were given in marriage and so she was engaged to a man named Joseph she was Jewish she grew up in a very small place uh, called Nazareth Uh, and then all of a sudden uh, unexpectedly without advance warning Gabriel an angel of the Lord shows up and this is what he says Luke 1 beginning with verse 26 In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, I talked about that last week, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word of God will ever fail. I just love that line. Will you say it with me? For no word of God will ever fail. Now, a key moment happens right here. Um, It it may sound as though uh, Gabriel says, well, Mary, this is what's happening, like it or not, get on board. You know, like this, you're about to be a mama, savior of the world, done, right? But but as direct as he is, we can never forget God always gives us a choice. There is always free will. Mary had the opportunity to say, no, I don't think so. Right? We always have the opportunity to either align our lives with God's will or not. Now, when we choose to live a life out of alignment with God, there's, I mean, there's a certain reality to that. Like there's a disharmony at that. But Mary had the choice and there was good reason for her to say, I don't think so. Uh, remember, she's very young, right? She's very young. The idea of beginning to, to, to be pregnant and to have a baby at such a young age was a high-risk venture. Uh, we know that before the Industrial Revolution and modern science, about 50% of women died in childbirth. She had reason to say, i do not ready to have a baby. And by the way, I mentioned she was engaged, right? Not married. Uh, in those days, there were very high standards of sexual morality in that culture and religion. So imagine going to Joseph and saying, uh, "I'm pregnant." Obviously, you're not the dad. Uh, it's it's God. God did it, right? It's it's the Holy Spirit's fault, right? I mean, uh, guys, I mean, you buy it, right? Right? Imagine going to mom and dad, moms and dads. Uh, dad, mom, I'm pregnant. Right, it, the the angels said it was going to happen. Right, likely story. Imagine going to your priest, saying, "You know, God told me I was going to have a baby. I am." Right, like, yeah, sure. I mean, the the law was in those days. This is how high of the morality the law was. To to have a child out of marriage meant you were to be stoned to death. You think she had a reason to say to Gabriel, mm, "I don't think so." Not, I don't know about this. But then think about the other way. Uh, for, for, for centuries, the Jewish people had waited in hope and anticipation that the Savior would come. Somebody was going to be the mother of the Messiah. And here comes the angel Gabriel. That's pretty impressive too, an angel sighting, Right? Uh, An angel comes and says, you're the one. Out of all women who've ever lived or ever lived, you are the one God has chosen to be the bearer, the mother of the Savior of the world. Can you imagine? The hope fulfilled and God has chosen me. Can you imagine being visited by an angel in such a tangible way and the glory and the awe? And so you can imagine in this weight, this moment of decision, this weight of like, oh, like, you know, what is mom going to say? What is... What is dad going to say? What is Joseph going to say? What is my priest, my community, my peers? I'm not sure I'm ready for this. And then on the other, God chose me. God is going to save the world through my own flesh and blood, my son. And so she says her choice, her decision, Luke 1:38, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word be fulfilled. And then the angel left. She, she consented to God's choice, God's plan. She was receptive to the message. Now, it begins with a message, right? It's just, this is the plan, Mary. Are you on board? She goes, yeah, I'm on board. But that wasn't the end of it. It didn't just be, you know, just, okay, this is what God intends to do and leave it there. There were the next steps. It said the Holy Spirit will come upon you. She received the Holy Spirit in a very life-changing, kind of transformative kind of way. Then she physically in her own body received Jesus you know as he was conceived and as he grew and as he approached the day of birth and she received him literally in Nazare- in-, in Bethlehem rather into her arm She and Joseph together received him into their family. They took him to Nazareth. They received him into their life together as as a family together. And she was there, remember, for all of the key events, his dedication in the temple. and, And then later their trips to Jerusalem and watching him grow up and become a man and seeing the miracles he performed and then standing there at the foot of the cross. As she watched him die for the sins of the world, right? She, she received him in his fullness, uh, you know, both the plan but also the person whom God sent to save us. The author Philip Yancey says, Mary was the first person to accept Jesus on his own terms, regardless of the personal cost. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make an assumptive kind of statement here. With possibly a few exceptions... I'm guessing we are here because we believe the story is true. I mean, after all, it's Christmas. We're busy. You probably have some shopping left to do. You probably were up late last night at the latest holiday thing, or maybe you're on your way to the airport today to pick up somebody. We all have things we could do. I'm guessing you're here because you believe the story is true, that at some point you came to believe that there is a God That he loved us so much that he sent us a savior, Jesus, born of Mary, who died for our sins, who opened up for us uh, uh, eternal life. Who defeated the the grave and and has opened the doors for us to have eternal life. I'm guessing that if you didn't believe that, you wouldn't be here. Right? Now, that doesn't mean we don't have doubts from time to time. That doesn't mean we don't have questions. It doesn't mean that that we fully get like the whole story. But, But I'm willing to guess you wouldn't be here. Maybe somebody dragged you here. I'll give you that. Maybe somebody coerced you, somebody bribed you, uh, you know. It's just easier to go with the flow. I get that. But I'm willing the best most of us are here because we believe. Believe. When I say believe, I mean head belief. If you go to the Gospel of John, it's interesting, there's no birth story in the Gospel of John. I read from Luke earlier, Luke tells us the story of the birth of Jesus. Matthew tells us the story of the birth of Jesus. Mark just skips it, he just goes straight to the adult life of Jesus. But John rather tells us theologically about the coming of Jesus. It says this, Uh, In the beginning was the Word, That's, that's referring to Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's just a theological statement. That God chose to save the world by sending the second person of the Trinity, his word, to come and be a light in our darkness to save us. It's just a theological statement, right? But then notice how it goes on to talk about how we responded to that. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world, Jesus. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world, what? did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did what? Not receive him. I mean, he came and lived among us. He took on our flesh in the adorable form of a little baby. And it says there's a lot of the world that just didn't have any interest. There there was a lot of the world that just didn't get it. He was like a light shining in the darkness. They, just, they were blinded to it. They just didn't see it. In fact, some versions say not only that they didn't receive him, but we flat out rejected him. But then listen to this, verse 13. To all who, just read it with me. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children not born of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, But born of God. And I want you to notice two key words in that. To all who did what? Right? To those who believed. Right? So there's the two key words that I want us to play with for just a moment. Believing and receiving. I mean, John is stating it as though those are not the same things and that that both are required. And the truth is, like I said, there's a lot of us who believe this. But why do you believe it? Why do you believe it? I mean, for some of us, it might just be like, well, I grew up in church, right? I went through confirmation. My parents believed it. I mean, it's, it's my tradition. I've always been a Christian. Why, why wouldn't I believe this? But a lot of times that belief is just, it's just head knowledge. John seems to indicate that we both believe and receive, right? So there was all this information about my daughter's arrival last night. You know, I'm still on the plane. It's going to take so long to get through immigration. Okay, I'm at gate number five, I mean, whatever it might be. But then we, we got there and we got to take her into our arms, right? We, we received her. Mary got all this information. You know, God tends to save the world and, and you are going to, you know, have a baby. And by the way, it's going to happen because of the Holy Spirit. That's all the information. But then she received him. There's a believing and there's a receiving. It's both. Jesus came to be embraced. Right? I mean, you may have been led to believe at some point that really, you know, like this whole Christianity thing, it's really just about church attendance, or it's right, you know, it's about kind of a checklist of beliefs. Yeah, you know, okay, I'm theologically correct, or I prayed the right prayer at the altar. But, but we miss sometimes that the whole point of Jesus coming as a baby is so we could take him into our arms. So that we could know him, so that we could love him, so that we could be embraced by him as we embrace him ourselves. To know him relationally, uh, it says. I just think it's a funny verse. James two nineteen says, "You believe that there is one God. Good. The demons believe that, and shudder. Right. I mean, okay, belief is good, but even the devil believes in Jesus, but he won't bow to him." You won't embrace them. The, de- the devils, the demons know Jesus is the, the son of God, the Lord of the universe, but they won't submit to him. So there's a difference between believing and receiving. I we think of all the things that you believe to be true, things we learned in school, you know, I learned in history classes about George Washington and Abraham Lincoln and Julius Caesar, but believing in them, that doesn't mean a whole lot to me. I've learned a lot of things in my, you know, science classes. I know the earth is round, but, you know, it feels flat most of the time in Florida. You know, I see the moon in the the sky, and I hear we've been there. It's 238,900 miles from the earth. You know, so what? I know when it moves me when it's a full, you know, full moon, right? You know, so so what that I know this information. I mean think of all the things you, you store up in your head from eating newspapers or or reading fake news online or you know, whatever you know, whatever the latest, like all the information we get, you know, how much do we have stored up in our heads that either is 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 just really meaningless for my day to day life or may not even be true. We just thought it was true. Or now the scientists have a new discovery and we find out that what we thought was, you know, true, it maybe it wasn't as true as We thought, you know, belief is just part of the deal, but beliefs change, beliefs evolve, beliefs get corrected. For something to really matter, for something to be life-changing, for something to, to really set the course of our life, it really becomes more of a heart thing. Have I received this? Is this just information or have I embraced it as part of my life? Um, a number of years ago, we, uh, we got to know a young man named Sam, um, and uh, we were working at Port St. Lucie, started a church there. Sam was coming to our church. And, uh, and then one Sunday, uh, Sam shows up with a young lady named Sonia. Uh, Sam and Sonia are both uh, son and daughter of immigrants from um, India. Uh, their parents had been converted to Christianity while in India, and uh, Sam's parents had moved to the U.S., and Sonia's parents had moved to Canada. Um, and both families still pr- uh, practice the, the tradition of arranged marriage. And so when we met Sonia, we didn't know about this, but when we met Sonia, she was there meeting Sam for the very first time. He brought her to church to meet all of us. And it was really obvious right from the start that she was not impressed. <laughs> that, like, that, like she was there, like we understood what was going on and she was not into it. Um, in fact we were at the wedding and uh, and and she did not look happy at all at the I I, I don't know if it was Sam specifically he's a great guy um, or if it was just moving to Port St. Lucie from Toronto or or what Florida you know she wasn't a a warm weather girl I don't know but it was clear she's not into it but she was but she accepted it I mean it was the family's Tradition. It was what we do, and and the arrangements had been made. And so she was going to change her life, move to Florida, and marry this man. They've been married 15 years, and we got to watch a lot of their marriage. And it was amazing to watch them go from complete strangers and to see her resistance melt away as they embraced each other, as they fell in love with each other. It started with commitment and decision, acceptance. But then it led to embrace, right? And so now here, 15 years later, they have this, this beautiful family. I mean, I think that's such a great model for what I'm talking about, that, that most of us haven't experienced arranged marriage or can't even imagine it. But that's the idea. I hear Mary just gets this message like, oh, my gosh, you've chosen me for this. I don't, how could she even fathom what that would mean? But she embraced it. And more than just embracing the plan, she embraced Jesus, right? Just like Sam and Sonia embraced each other and formed a family, Mary embraced Jesus. And that's the invitation to us, not just to accept the plan of God that he sent his son, but to embrace him, to embrace him. Pope Francis says, what took place in the Virgin Mary also takes place within us spiritually when we receive the word of God with a good and sincere heart and put it into practice. It is as if God takes flesh within us. He comes to dwell in us. For he dwells in all who love him and keep his word. Uh, In the Catholic Church on Christmas, there are three Masses, uh, but the meaning of those Masses has evolved some through the years. Originally, when that, that idea was developed, the first Mass happened at midnight on Christmas Eve. It didn't end at midnight, it happened at midnight, the very middle of the night, and it symbolized the moment that the idea was born in the heart of God. I will send my son to be the savior of the world. The the birth of an idea, the birth of a plan. It happened in darkness, right? Then then at dawn, they held the second mass. So just as the sun was rising and the the dark of the night was passing away, the second mass would happen, and it represented the birth of Jesus. The, 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 The savior actually coming into the world just like the light was coming into a new day. But then was the third Mass at noon in full sunlight. And you know what that one represented? The birth of the Messiah in us. Three births. The birth of an idea in the heart of God in darkness, the birth of the Messiah at the breaking of dawn, and then bright light, the birth of Jesus in our hearts, which is ultimately the plan Around the year 1100, there was a monk by the name of St. Bernard of Clairvaux. He started a monastery, a monastic movement called Trappists. And he gave a Christmas sermon. They talked about the three comings of Christ. He said the first coming, of course, was his birth in Bethlehem. And then he talks about there's a final coming. We know at the end of time Christ will return in glory. But he said the most important of his comings is the middle coming. It's the hidden coming. It's the intermediate coming. He describes it like this. The intermediate coming is a hidden one in it only the elect see the Lord within their own selves and they're saved. In his first coming, our Lord came in our flesh and our weakness. In this middle coming, he comes in spirit and in power. In the final coming, he will be seen in glory and majesty. Um, so many of you I know are Miami Heat fans. You, you know Dwayne Wade. He's married to uh, Gabrielle Union. Uh, they have, for years, that's right, Gabrielle Union, right? Yeah. Uh, for years, uh, they have been trying to conceive a child. Uh, unsuccessfully. They've tried uh, lots of medical treatments. Uh, she has had a number of miscarriages, but they wanted a baby. And so uh, they finally decided to to work with a surrogate mother um, and just had uh, their their first child, a daughter born. Maybe you've heard about this. Um, I, I, I got to see uh, an interview with them uh, just this last week. Um, and Dwayne was talking about some of the criticism he's received because he chose to take paternity leave, which meant that he wasn't available for, I think it was seven weeks, seven games. And so people were pretty critical, like, like, what what are you doing taking time off? We need you, this is, you know, time for you to be on the court. We need you playing basketball. And especially because they had the child through a surrogate, Gabby's fine. Right? He said, like, why are you taking time off? Your wife didn't even give birth to the child. This is criticism he's been given. You, know, there, you don't need to be taking care of her. You can afford nannies and nurses and all that. Why are you taking time off? He said the reason he took paternity leave was to bond with his daughter. To bond with his daughter. That was his priority. After all of this time yearning and longing for them to have a child, he wanted to bond with her and he talked about, he says, you know, most often when, uh, you know, a mother and father have a baby, they, they have nine months to bond with that baby before that child is even born. And so daddy will rub the mother's belly, right? And then, you know, feel the first kicks and push on little elbows as they, they poke and, and, and sp- talk to the baby even while he's still in, he or she's still inside her mother and, and, um, and sing to that baby. Some of you parents I see, like, you know, you know. And so long before that baby ever is born and placed in the parent's arms, they've already bonded with that child. He he said, we didn't get that opportunity by by working through a surrogate. We didn't have those nine months. He says, I want, as soon as she comes into the world, I want to bond with my child. My daughter. And so he even talked about how right when she was born, they just put her in a diaper and he took off his shirt and he held his new child skin to skin, flesh to flesh, chest to chest, so that he could form that bond and that connection. He said, that child is more important to me than seven basketball games. Isn't that beautiful? Right? I mean, I think that's the invitation for us. Right? Like Jesus says, would you bond with me? Would you bond? I mean, you know, you you can go through birth, you know, in this kind of technical way, surrogacy, but but do you want to bond with me? Do you want to feel a connection with me? Do you want to, to be embraced by me as I embrace you? Some of us may have made a decision to accept Jesus for all kinds of reasons, you know, just to get our ticket out of hell card punched or, or, you know, like hoping it would, you know, help to have a little extra benefit in our lives or maybe it just felt, you know, like I'm supposed to do that, it's confirmation or, you know, some night I kind of an emotional high, I went to the altar, I don't know what it is, maybe it was just tradition, you grew up in your family, like of course I'll be a Christian, like what else would I be? I just wanna ask you, like, you know, okay, you believe. But have you received? You've, you've consciously made the decision to accept the plan of God, to accept the Savior of the world, but have you embraced Him? Do you know Him in a personal way? Because that's why He came. I mean, God didn't have to come in human flesh, He came in human flesh so that we could know Him. Have you embraced Him? And if not, would you like to? Let's pray. It's as simple as this, friends. All we have to do is say, Jesus, I embrace you. I I open my heart to you. I want to know you. I, 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 I want to move from my head to my heart to know you in a more deeply personal way. As Mary received you, I'm, I'm ready now to receive you more fully. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. For more information about First Church and our ministries, visit us online at welovefirst.church.